Welcome to Running a Dream, the podcast with your host, Luzire Boyd. This episode of Running a Dream, the podcast is proudly brought to you by Run Detroit. Run Detroit is Detroit's specialty shop for all things running and walking. Located in the Midtown neighborhood, they provide weekly run groups, track workouts, shoe fittings, and advice for runners and walkers of all levels. Please visit their store located at 441 West Canfield Street, Detroit, Michigan, 48201. And for more information, visit their website at www.run-detroit.com and see why we love Run Detroit. Hello, this is Daryl Randall producer and co-founder of Running the Dream, the podcast. You listen to my voice because I'm here to interview my good friend, running partner and co-host, co-visionary of Running the Dream, the podcast, as he made his return from South Africa after completing and crushing the two oceans in South Africa. Your man, my man, Luzire Boy. Welcome back, Lou. Hey, hey, I'm glad to be back. Kind of wish I was still there, though. <laughs> I had so much fun. It was ridiculous. It felt like it was a dream. When I came back, I woke up the next morning and was like, was I really in South Africa <laughs> this past week? Didn't want to leave the motherland. Didn't want to leave the motherland. Yeah. It was awesome. So tell us about your experience. Um, what made you want to cross the, uh, the pond and go to South Africa for this event? What happened was my friend was bringing it up to me. He's, he was saying, Lucire, you should do Two Oceans Marathon. It's the 50th anniversary. It's your 50th birthday. The stars, the moon, everything's lined up. You should be at this particular race. It was Michelle Grossback that was telling me to do this race. And I was like, man, that sound like that would be an awesome way to start my 50th year, you know? So I started preparing for it, started saving my monies and deciding how I was gonna do it and learning about getting the right airfare and the cheapest airfare, you know, that I can make this thing happen except i wanted my hotel i wanted the hotel to be five star hotel mm-hmm. i wanted to do it big because it was my birthday you have to I be didn't comfortable i wanted to be very comfortable very i wanted good. my wife to be very comfortable good. and it was it was very interesting the way we we um took off we let left detroit got to boston left out of boston we took boston to dubai had like an eight-hour eight layover in Dubai. What did you do during those eight hours? Oh, that's eight hours. We stopped over at um, the Hard Rock Cafe. <laughs> we went to the Hard Rock Cafe, Dubai. A piece of America. A, uh, a piece of America. It was like you walked in and you felt like you was back home a little bit. Okay. But we ordered these beef ribs. These beef ribs were the most tenderest ribs I ever sucked my teeth into. <laughs> Them ribs were so tender, man. It was redunculous. 
What type of beef? Was it cow or? Yeah, it was cow. Okay, because I thought I saw a post that you was eating, what? It wasn't elk. Oh, that was the Impala. The Impala was that in South Africa? But yeah, they had a whole bunch of different animals you can choose from when I finally got Now you was a brave soul for trying something different and new, knowing that you was about to do an ultra. I was thinking the same thing. When I saw that post, I was like, shit. I don't know if I would have tried that though. Risky, but that's New Zion. Yeah, it was it was risky, but it was worth it, man. It was just protein. It, it tastes like a normal steak. Had right. its little its little game taste to it, right. special game. But it was it was it tasted real delicious though. Okay, I ate some other spring kind of wildebeest kind of animal. I forgot what the name of it was. I would have to look at that menu again. <laughs> but I was trying out new 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 meats and in a foreign land, you know, okay. so I was checking it out, you know, if they had lion on the menu, I would have had me some lion <laughs> steak, you know. So, so tell me about, you know, I, uh, I haven't been in Africa yet, uh, eventually I'm going to get over there, but every time I talk to someone, they talk about, you know, when they're reaching that atmosphere, the whole, uh, seeing Africa, when they on the plane and they, and they see the land, something Something touches their spirit. They feel like, especially for a, 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 a black person, they feel like they're. Can you describe that feeling that you had? Well, when I when I first got there, it was like, it was like, am I really here? You know, I've been I've been through all the black history, African American history, and everything, and seen all these different movies, and then when you get there. As far as the lay of the land, it was just so beautiful. Because a lot of times you look on TV and you see a lot of look like desert and ten houses everywhere. You know when you when you see TV, but then when you get there and you you you, you realize that a lot of the a, a lot of the stuff that you see on TV, it seems like they try to portray the worst stuff on television. And then when you get there, you say, man, this is a normal city, just like Detroit, Chicago, New York, LA, Boston, you know, Miami. It's, it's, it's a regular city. Right, and when it's, it's with its own set of problems, exactly. its own set of good stuff. Exactly, and that's that's exactly what it was, man. And it, you know, they, they everything was the same as here as far as the buildings. You know, they had older, some older buildings though in some cases, but the people was real friendly. Most of the people that I dealt with, at least, they were friendly. They received me real good. You know, when they when I spoke, if I didn't speak, they didn't know where I was from. But as soon as I opened up my my mouth, they catch that Detroit accent. <laughs> and it, their Not first, American accent, Detroit that accent. They, they catch that Detroit <laughs> accent and say, where are you from? Right, right. And, they, and the first thing they say is, you, are you from the States? That's, they don't say the United States, they say the States. Right. And I tell them straight up, I'm from Detroit, Michigan. <laughs> I'm from the Motor City, Motown. You're going to have, to, you're gonna have South Africans. You're going to have South Africans coming back here and saying, what up, though? <laughs> <laughs> Let me start and, and, and say that um, the background noise, or not noise, but the obvious that you're hearing is from Vertical Bar. bar. In downtown Detroit, this is where we're having the interview today. So, uh, yeah, I apologize if we didn't say that off the bat, but that's it. <laughs> so, um, 
Tell me about the race. The race, the race, the race. The what race. Man, the days that led up to the race, or your, your how did you pre how did you prep the night before? The the days that led up to the race, I I got to South Africa on on um, Tuesday. Was it Monday or Tuesday? It was Monday or Tuesday. At 11 in the morning. And then the next day, we met up. It was Wednesday that we met up with Michelle. We met Michelle, we had, we met Louise Massan, which was a legend over in South Africa. He, he's ran, he's on the previous episode. Yeah, if, if you're, if you haven't listened to the last episode, check it, check it out so um, you can, what's his name again? Um, Luis Massan. You can learn more about Luis Massan. He's a South African or African legend. Um, how many marathons? He's ran over 300, 300 marathons, marathons. Regular 26.2 marathons and over 200 ultra marathons. That's sick. So he's running all the time. And he's 67 years old, by the way. Wow. He is the Michael Jordan. Uh, of, of running of running over in Africa so we, we went over to to the wineries we went and checked out the different types of um, wines that they had and we got to see all the fields where all the grapes were at the vineyards were as far as the eyes can see down there in South Africa it was so beautiful the greenery going into the mountains, looking at it. The backdrop, all you saw was blue skies and mountains. And then we, we left there, we went down to the, to the Hope of, um, the Cape of Hope, the end of the, I call it the end of the world, which was the Southwest corner, as far as you can go on the continent of Africa. And we took pictures down there behind the sign right there. We also walked along the cliffs right there, went, walked to the lighthouse. There was a big lighthouse up on the top of this like mountain. We was able to take this, this um, trolley kind of part all the way up towards it. Then you had to get off and then you had to walk another quarter mile to the top. So we did that. Then we went down to Boulder Beach. Now Boulder Beach is interesting because it's a beach just full of penguins everywhere. And that was something I wasn't used to it or expecting to see penguins in Africa. Right, right. You know, that was think of penguins, they cold climates. Right. But okay. if you but if you look if you ever look at the map of Africa, if you look right under it, you have Antarctica right down. What's this crazy thing that right, Africa, right. because it's on the equator, is that close to the south? Exactly. Equator. exactly. <laughs> it's interesting. So I got to see all these penguins laying eggs and right. the, the male penguins sitting on top of the eggs like happy foot, <laughs> happy feet. Wow. <laughs> and then I went over to this one beach area, took these beautiful pictures off these different beaches, and it was just, just, just beautiful. Everywhere we went, it was just, the background of everywhere we went was like a postcard. Wow. 
It was just like a postcard. And right in Cape Town, it's right off this mountain called the Table, the um, Table Mountain. And it looks just like a table. And right next to that mountain, you have a mountain called the Lionhead Mountain. So that, that was real cool to be able to see. Tell me about Two Ocean. Do you know why, uh, how it was created? How long, how long has it been in, in, in oh, it's 50 years, so 50 years, so. But, 50 uh, years. but why, did, why, why did they decide to, it's 50 years for the marathon and they added an ultra a couple years ago? No, that's it. The, okay. the whole thing is 30. So it's been maybe 35 years? miles. 30, it's been for 50 years, it's been 35 miles? 35 uh, miles, but they call it a marathon. They call it a marathon. But I realized that everybody don't don't have the same marathon as we have. Yes. You have to find out what the distance right. is when you in another country right. and they say a marathon. But they uh and they call it two ocean because South Africa is close of course to the Atlantic Ocean and the Indian Ocean. Yes. So that's why it's called two oceans. Yep, you run from the Indian to the Atlantic. Okay. I got to really understand how how the lay of the land was right. down there being down there. Okay. So we went the the day before the race. They have a a run called the Friendship Run, which was real nice run. What it is is all the different countries, all the international runners, have their flags from whatever country that you're from, and you represent your flag there. So we had this nice American flag, and all the Americans that was there with us, we all took these nice cool pictures with the flags. We had me, Michelle, Jay, and we had Reggie. A few other people was there. We took these nice, cool pictures, and I wore a USA shirt. That and day. you're part. You've been seeing, if you haven't already, the picture that we're going to take after this. But Desire has his South African jacket jacket on. on. It's pretty nifty. If he was my size, I might take it off him. It's pretty nice. <laughs> So yeah, he's been wearing it every day since he's been back. Oh yeah, <laughs> it's funny. Ken asked me today, when you gonna stop wearing your uh, South African jacket? And I told him when I die. <laughs> you gonna, gonna bury him in that South African jacket. You might be living in Africa. <laughs> yeah, a lot of people go down to South Africa to retire, I mm -hmm. found out. Because they're in, in New Florida. The Monday, the Monday, the, the Monday, the money goes, goes real far in South Africa. <laughs> instead of, instead of going to Florida, we're going to all go to Africa, South Africa. Oh, man. <laughs> they trying to keep us out of there. One thing that I did learn, which was interesting, a lot of people in the United States are scared to go to South Africa. They be thinking about animals biting and killing them and whatever, you mm -hmm. know, or whatever is going on in South Africa. Right. Now, the funny thing was when I went down there, my, my wife had a conversation with somebody and there's... They said, no, I could never go to the United States because they're shooting up everybody up in the United States. Yes, yeah. They think we are laying in the street yeah, they dead. Wild, wild West. Wild, wild West. Yeah, yeah, they really believe that's what's going on every day. Well, as we know, you know, TV, now social media can make it can, it can make the world seem large, can make it seem small. You know, if you constantly reading the negative or you, or even if you're constantly reading the positive, you know, that, 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 you can shape your world how you want to shape it. Yes, you but can. as runners, as, as people that's out and about and traveling and constantly on the go, we know what's actually going out here in the world. So Absolutely. We turn the, two, we turn the TV off, you know, we turn the internet off, and we, like we're talking now, 
that's how you get to know what's really going on in the world by communicating and, and being interactive with people. Absolutely. And that's what I love about running and what we do. You know what? This venue, this venue that we in of running, running marathons, running ultra races, running in different states, running in different countries, this thing just opens us up to meet people around the world. And that's what it has done for me. I, would, I wouldn't be traveling and doing the things I'm doing now if it wasn't for me opening myself up to running like I like I've done. Even when we run, even when we run some of our local races, right? Like recently, I, I did, I did the all the all state 15k, and it was quite a few people from other states. It was like it was this was their first time in Detroit, right? So we are connecting with these people, and now they're our Facebook friends, and, and they get so, to see how Detroit really is, and now they're our Facebook friends, and they're telling people how much. Like you talk about South Africa, how much they learn about Detroit and what Detroit is really all about. Absolutely, absolutely. So yeah, it's every, it every, opens up a world. Everywhere you go, what I'm learning is every every race that I've done, I learn about that city. You know, you are learning all about the history of that city. You are learning about the culture of that city, and you can also you can feel the spirit of whatever city that you in. You know, which is awesome. Now let me tell you about the race. The the race starts at 6:40 in the morning, which is like probably midnight here. Cause I was looking at the time. I said, man, it's midnight back home. Anybody so that's did, following? Did me. you adjust to the time change? I, 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 I never know. did. I never adjusted to that time. So, I was up at three three o'clock in the morning. I'm wide awake. Like man, this is crazy. Did you start feeling an adjustment towards the end? I probably near the end I started feeling <laughs> and then you had to come back to the United States and get but back I, to your zone. When I came back though, I slept on the plane a lot. So I got used back to the United States real quick because I was able no, to get okay. all that good sleep on the plane. Okay. That was the thing. So it felt like I never really I never really adjusted to the African time. You know, I was still when I came the next day in the United States, I was already adjusted. I went straight to sleep at my normal time here okay. in the States. Now you know like Usually a night before a big race, we'll, we'll do a, a, a practice run. Did you do that? Like, a, like me, I'll do, if I'm going out of town, I, I get to lay the land when everybody's sleeping. So what I did was the night bef the day before the race, the Friday, they had the race called the Friendship Run. It was a 5K. Okay. So my friend Michelle, he had a bag of clothes under his arm while we was running. And we left 15 minutes before the race started. We left about 15, 20 minutes before the race. We ran to a cafe. We get to this cafe, these ultra runners that we was meeting, this coach and his two runners, they came up in a van and they parked and they came in the cafe. We ate outside at these tables at the cafe. Mm -hmm. While we were eating, the the race had came through. While we was eating, it's funny. We got on bib, <laughs> we got on bib numbers. Oh, wow. We on the side, like like right out right, front right. here, rooting them on. Go, yay, go, go. Who's supposed to be running? Right, Germany. All right, Mexico. <laughs> you know, we yelling out all these country flags that we know, right? Uh, but we in the race too, but we ain't running. Right, right. 
because we got on bib numbers. So they looking at us so kind of way like, what these Americans doing? They got on bib numbers, but they not getting it in like we. So we had already did half the race. So we sat here, ate, made friends, Facebook friends, met these um, these guys run a two. 220 um, marathoners, right? They from Johannesburg that we just met these cats and we giving them clothes for people that don't have that much clothes for running so they can, you know, have some kind of running clothes. So we get at the end of the race, this friendship race where everybody then ran past us. (laughs) Now we come jumping in the end of the race to run the last half of the race. And we run the last half of the race, and I still didn't go to the finish line. When I got to my hotel, I went up in my hotel. <laughs> so that definitely was for fun. Yeah, yeah, it was just for fun. Yeah, just for fun. For the, for the international runners, man. So that was like our little warm-up yeah, run before yeah, the next morning. Yeah. But the next morning, we, we wake up early. I'm up probably 3 in the morning, up naturally at 3 in the morning. Mm-hmm. I get out. My friend Reggie, he comes pick me up in his rental car. Mind you, they ride on the opposite sides of yeah. the street, so it's kind of weird. You getting used to that. So we drive up to the um, University of, of Cape Town. That's where the finish line is at. Okay. So we had to park at the finish line. They had parking for everybody at the finish line. I had a parking pass. Then we walk a mile and a half to the starting line. <laughs> so I'm like, man, this is more than 35 miles. We're getting more miles yeah, right. before the race. Wow. So we walk in a mile and a half. We walk down the road. Mind you, it's just me, Reggie, and um, somebody else. We, we look back. Kid you not, the weirdest thing, we run into Michelle out of all these thousands of people. Michelle right there, like, hey. So we like, dude, because the night before when we was when I was eating my Impala steak, he said that we probably won't see him tomorrow because there's just too many people. So we ended up seeing him. Divine we, intervention. Exactly, exactly, <laughs> exactly. It was meant to be. We walked all down this hill, all down these roads, a mile and a half to the starting line. We get to the starting line. Now they don't have chip time. Mm. They have regular time. When that when that cannon goes off, you're boom. So you going on real time. It's on real time. It, the time started and you standing still. Right. You just waiting to get to the front to the starting line. So my first mile was like 17 minute mile. Cause it didn't start. It took, you know, you know, it it took me three or four minutes you to know, get. It was crazy. To- I'm tracking you. And I'm like, they had you guys running a seven-minute pace? I'm like, that's not. That's per that's, kilometer. That's kilometer. That was kilometer. <laughs> Everybody's like, why is he running so far? In an altar, blah, blah, blah. Okay, yeah, that's kilometer. You know what? Yeah. When you had yeah. me, when you was telling me that I was yeah. cracking up kilometer. inside, I said, we're the only country that uses miles. miles. Everybody else uses kilometers. Mm-hmm. <laughs> the metric system. So we, in, I'm in the race. I'm running. I finally get to the starting line, mad, like, dude, they didn't jack my time up. <laughs> I, I'm running. I don't care because I, I I had a conversation with, with Luis Massana. He said, don't worry about racing this race. He said, enjoy it, take pictures, and, you know, enjoy it. I said, yeah, you're right. So I'm taking pictures, too. I see, see this beautiful rainbow, man. I see a rainbow that's going through the clouds, through the sky, back through the next clouds. 
and it was amazing man it looked unreal when i took the picture and looked at it i said man this picture don't give it no justice you know it's some things that you take a picture of it just like ah oh, this ain't doing it is it uh it's like blue skies no clouds every, right. every day yeah. well no it had clouds too but yeah it rained it rained um what day was that that was after the race. I, I ran into, I ran into Michelle. It was funny. I ran into Michelle twice at the same restaurant. <laughs> we go to the restaurant. They in the restaurant. We go in the restaurant another day. They come to the restaurant at the same time again. We like, what the heck? Y'all stay at our restaurant. <laughs> so we, I'm running through, through these. It starts off going uphill. So I'm like, oh man, this thing already starting off wrong. You know, we going, I'm going at an angle up at the beginning. And so we are going through these little bitty towns. Everybody pumped up. You hearing everybody talking. Everybody stopping using the bathroom on the side of the road because it ain't, it ain't <laughs> no that, parties. it ain't no porta potties. It's like, I've seen probably two or three porta potties in 35 miles. <laughs> So I'm, I'm running, I, I see these guys, they talking. I said, let me get a video. Cause these guys, I'm here. Well, the first time I hear some guys talking, these African guys coming through. I said, let me get a video of this. So I get a video of all the, a whole bunch of Africans coming through. So I'm like, oh, this is cool. So I'm like at mile, what mile was that? It had to be about mile eight or something. Man, these cats came through. They came through like this, man. They had a cadence like this. And so I'm hearing this about a quarter mile back. And it's getting louder, closer to me because they on a, they moving faster than I was, man. When they got up near me, I kind of moved to the side of the road and let these Africans go by. They on a mission. Wow, wow. But they but they had a sweet cadence that they had wow, going on. And wow. when they came by, they was <laughs> it was like when we do Black Men Run right, doing Cadence, but they had a deep, they had this deep tone to them, man, this baritone sound coming out of them. When they went by, I was like, man, if they was at war right now, they would have been tearing up some stuff. So they went by. So I go further down, man. There was this guy holding his wife's hand, man, pulling her. For 35 miles, I'm seeing this guy. I'm going back and forth with this guy. We like playing um, leapfrog, going back and forth, man. But he got his wife in, and he pulling her, man. And I never seen that before. Somebody just literally holding their wife's hand, making sure she make it to the finish line, man. Uh, African had his wife's hand. I was like, all right, now nah, I ain't mad at you. So they had these bags of water on every time they hit the water station. They were these green bags, you bit the water, you bit the bag, I mean, and you squirted the water in your mouth. Mm -hmm. And then I, I would get a couple bags, squirt it in my face, mm -hmm. you know, squirt it on my use, hand. What did you use for fuel? What I use for fuel, oh, I use pickle juice. I said, let me see, I've been learning about the pickle juice from, Chad Hoss told me about the pickle juice, so I said, let me try this out for this ultra. Every four miles, use the pickle juice. Every hour, I took two Endurolites from Hammer Strength. Dude. You hear us, Hammer? We love your product. <laughs> Give us a call, <laughs> Running the Dream. Zaya and I both love your product. Okay, carry on. <laughs> Man, this Hammer Strength and these pickle juice, I got the mile. Usually, I catch, 
I'm used to catching a, a cramp or what they call a wall about mile 22. I got the mile 22, I'm smooth. I'm not feeling nothing. I'm like, okay, okay. I'm at mile 22, not feeling nothing. I'm, I, I get to the marathon. I'm like, okay, I'm at t mile 26. Okay, I'm feeling good. I'm, I'm on schedule. I had three pickle juice in one pocket. I had three in the other pocket. So every four miles, I was able to do it up to like mile 20. So I did that, and then I had my electrolytes. And I had that, man. I never caught a cramp the whole race. After the race, I was smooth. When I seen my wife, she was looking at me some kind of way like, why you ain't got the marathon walk? Because I always got this little lip yeah, yeah, thing yeah, yeah. going on. Yeah, and, but I was smooth. You and, know what? The pickle juice, in my mind, was always for when it's hot and the, the sodium helped the cramps. But the first time I tried it, I think, yeah, well, first time I tried it when we did Kyle Bell's 40 for 40. Oh, that's the first time and you And I hadn't planned on running that long. Right, right. So I just went ahead and, and asked, what's the name of the company, that, that particular company with the pickle juice? Mm. But when I tried it, I was like, well, and you know, I was, it was cold that day. It wasn't hot. But when I when I tried, I was like, it, it gave me an extra energy. Yeah, yeah, it so does. It's, so it's definitely pickle juice is definitely more for it's definitely endurance. It, it helps endurance as well as cramps. Exactly. So I, and I was shocked by that. So I got to do more research. Yeah, more. yeah, it, it really did. It took that it took that lactic acid out of my legs. I was I was good the entire race. The last 5K, it was this lady. She had stopped in front of me, and I told her, I said, look, come on. You, we almost finished. You got to finish the race. So she started running back, but she had a big cramp in her um, in her um, front of her knee. You can tell her leg was in pain, but she had a limp. You could tell she was limping it out, trying to get it out. But in my head, I was saying, I ain't giving her my pickle juice. <laughs> Miles you have left, you know, I said, that. I gotta, you I gotta, gotta stay on. Juice. I need you gotta, you gotta Ration. be when you run, you gotta be responsible for your own fuel. That's what I learned in running. You can't give people all your fuel, or you're gonna be the one suffering. You, you might get lucky, and a person has enough, they might be generous enough to give it to you. But uh. when I got through, I had probably four enduro lights. I probably could have did 10 more miles, and that would have been it. <laughs> But um, it was that part of the race. We were going up a hill. We got the mile. It was going up all the way up to mile 18. It was hitting this serious mountain. When I got to this mountain, I knew it. I looked up at it and I said to myself, "Man, ain't nothing. In, ain't nothing in the metro area in Michigan that that I trained on that that, that was this huge." And I just took it and I just bam, bam. I just focused in on it. And I was watching everybody in front of me, and I was playing like leapfrog with people. I would look at somebody in a different color outfit, and I would say, okay, I'm going to make it to them. And then they would make it to me, and we was doing this leapfrog thing. And they had this power walk, man. These Africans had this power walk that was strong, man. <laughs> I mean, my jaw was they, was they walk, man. <laughs> And I was like, man, they hitting these heels strong, but they they get to practice on yeah. these heels yeah. all the time. Yeah, because that's like we was talking about earlier. That's their culture. They, yes. They, they walk from childhood. They walk to school, walking back to school, 
10 miles this way, 10 miles that way, back and forth. That's how they, that's how they get their food. And, and you see the, the, the mothers with the baskets on their head, that's how they go into the, to the, the, the bazaar to get their food. That's, that's their culture. Right, so, right. And you know, here in the United States, we're all about cars and, and trains, and, <laughs> you know, so yeah. So and that's why they that's why they kick our butts and all and all the marathons. Yeah, <laughs> because that's their culture. Yeah, well they 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 definitely good at it. I tell you that. It just made me want to hit heels. When I when I when I was there, I remember saying to myself, when I get back to the United States, I'm going more to Ann Arbor. Mm-hmm. I, I usually go to hit um, Broadway Street. Yeah, that's, that's what we did. Last but week. I usually hit it one time. Yeah, yeah. I said that bad boy gonna hit hit yeah. ten times. Whenever I drive that far. I'm hitting that bed. Forget everything else. Forget all, the other run is cute and everything. Mm-hmm. Looks good on um, on Garmin and Strava when you see it. Yeah. But I want to hit that hill and focus in on that because yeah, bar, bar away is it's no joke. You, when you <laughs> when you're approaching it, you're like damn. <laughs> you're like damn. Like last week we did our uh, did I uh, black men run Detroit uh, meet up. Kyle, Kyle Bell was hosting it, and he put that in the he put started, that in the mix. Huh? Yeah, I think we yeah we started off Broadway Street. Ooh, he made y'all start it. And, but I like to start with the hill. First. Get it over with. Because what it does, it gives me energy. Okay, yeah. When Hills you come Hill, out of it, when you when you decline, it gives me energy. Yeah. So I I rather have it that'll prep me for the next hills. Well, after that, when the rest of them ain't that bad. Right. Exactly. So I'd rather start, but yeah, that that hill is a beast. Yeah, that hill is a beast. And what I wanna do is go to go to Ann Arbor, hit Broadway. When you get to the top, that's Plymouth right there. Go back around Plymouth, take it back down, hit Broadway, coming back up. I wanna I wanna do loops of yeah, that yeah, like ten yeah. times, man. Just focus on that because that's that what I learned in South Africa was the was the biggest feat that I've ever accomplished was tackling that that mountain I, that I was on. Uh, it was twenty two thousand feet elevation. Two thousand, and it was like man, it's no way around here where I can get two thousand uh, feet elevation. What was the uh, what was the tallest climb? How many miles? I mean kilometers. It was <laughs> well in miles. It was four miles. Four miles. Up. It was a four mile. It was, it was a four mile hill. Yeah, Woo. yeah, four mile hill up. Woo. So that that right there let me know that you know this this flat running in Detroit inside the city around the metro area, it ain't gonna cut it unless you do the ghetto hills, which is work is doing hills in the parking structure. So what would you say was one of the largest keys of running hills? The breathe, your breathing for me is the breathing. It's the, br- the breathing. breathing. What it is because is your, your breathing. Heart your heart elevates, and that's what makes you stop running. When you do the heels, you, your heart gets to a certain point where it's like literally on fire. It's gone. You just gotta start walking to bring it back down, and then you can go again. And then when you get to that level, bring it back down. But if you do, if we do more of that heel training what's going to happen is you're going to be able to do it longer. Mm-hmm. And that's what we need to do is do it longer. And I talked to a guy one time in Sterling Heights. I was in his backyard working, and he, he said that what made him a faster marathon runner is that he goes to um, Dutton Hill over there um, off of Walton Road or Dutton, Dutton Hill Road. 
and he hit that and run it as fast as he can till it's till his lungs just burn. Do that over and over, then repeats. And then when he gets on the flat land, you become a beast when you're on the normal marathon. Like me, I don't have, I'm living in downtown Detroit. I don't have access to him. So what I do when I want to do my hill training, I just get on a treadmill and, and put it up. And do, do the repeats. Now there's a machine. I, I was looking at David Goggins over on um, Instagram and he has little videos that he posts. There's a machine that you just take your legs and you push it down like this. And it's like heel work. He said he did a whole ultra run just using that machine for heel work, pushing it down so you could set the tension on that by putting more weight so on that's it. That's strengthening your, your calves your quads. and your quads. Yeah, them quads is what you really need, especially when you're going downhill. Right. Them quads is what's going to get you. A lot of people tell me that they they rather run up a uphill race than a downhill race because it, their quads be yeah, on you fire. You screw legs up, you know. Right. Correct form on a downhill. Exactly, big time. It's a lot of people that are straightening out their legs. You guys are supposed to still maintain that climbing form. Exactly. So, and that's it. They overextended. Yeah, they, they're straightening out. Yeah. You 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 hitting it? That's that's so that's key. So tell us about some of the, the, the views on 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 the run, like the mountains. Well, the views on the run. animals. The thing, it was like, you know how in the United States, like in Michigan, for instance, we have, we have deer all over the place, like rats, literally in Michigan. But at times, you don't see any because they in the woods. You'll see signs saying, you know, deer crossing, but you might never see a deer. Now, they had these signs there that said, don't feed the baboons, they're wild animals. I didn't see one baboon the whole time. I was I was wanting to see a baboon. I didn't see no animals at all there, and it was like oh, man. So that was another stereotype that I thought that I was able to you know see only animals. So you would probably have to go on one of those safari tours. Exactly where they got them yeah. laid out there, yeah. you know. Okay. But other than that, only animals I really seen was the penguins. Okay. And seals. I've and seen seals you everywhere. Expect to see penguins, but yeah, it's exactly. To see some giraffes. Uh, right. Yeah, okay. Right. All that's deep in the woods somewhere. Okay. So that's all in the in the jungle. I don't know where they at. But. Uh, so as you approaching the finish line, what was you going through? Okay, I already. I was moving kind of slow at the time because I already knew I stopped, played around, taking pictures. You know, I was enjoying myself, so I really wasn't paying, a, caring about the um, the finishing time. The finishing time was seven hours and 30 minutes. Mm -hmm. So I get to the last 5K, and I'm like, decide, okay, I'm, I'm going to try to finish on time. But I had already played around too much. So seven hours was the, the, time, the, the time limit? Yeah, time limit to get, to get a medal. Okay. It was 7.30. Okay. So I can hear, this guy had, they had a loud system. You can hear their system probably almost a half mile away, man. You can hear them saying, oh, it's almost time. It's getting time. Go, go. Tell everybody to run and everything. So I'm geeked up then, you know. <laughs> okay, I'm going to run. So I'm <laughs> I'm running. The guy, this That guy with his wife runs past me holding that wife's hand because I don't look back when I'm running. One thing I don't do is look back. 
It's, 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 it's few far in between I could think of any race that I look back when I'm racing a marathon or something. Mm -hmm. It's just one of them things I was taught years ago, never look back. Mm -hmm. So this guy runs past me holding his wife's hands. They flying, man. I'm like tripping in my head like, dude, he got her moving. <laughs> they moving way faster than me, right? So I'm running, I'm trying to get to the finish line. I heard the time, I could hear it. Oh, 10, nine, eight, seven. They doing a countdown. I'm a quarter, I'm like a, I'm probably a quarter mile or so out. Oh no. You know, cause I, I um, ended up coming in a minute and 43 seconds over the time oh, limit. No. Okay. Okay. <laughs> but it was like, man, it was just, it was just so amazing. I just, it was just so beautiful, man. But it's funny, like the races we have here, they you should still snatch you a medal. Like, I finished this thing. <laughs> they head over to the side. I went through. I I was, I didn't know where my friends were at or not. I, you know, after I went through the starting line, I mean the finish line, and my friend Reggie sent his two daughters. He had his whole family there. He sent his two daughters to go find Lucia. So they came, found me, and took me over to the tent. And they had a VIP tent for all the international runners. There you go. Which had wine and beer and sandwiches and chips and you know they had all this nice right. stuff for the uh, for the different people from other countries. But uh, went over there, sat down, chill. We had a good time talking about the race and just just taking it all in and just looking around and enjoying watching all the people around. Just. Mm -hmm. Just people watching, you That's know, just people, people watching, watching yeah. checking it out. And just, you know, knowing that you're there and you're from the United States, it was like, man, I'm really here, you know, doing it, doing these runs with these people over here, man. And then after that, we ended up um, walking back to our car. You know, the finish line was already at the University of Cape Town, which was a beautiful university. We walked up to our car, to the cars, got in. Um, Reggie took me to my hotel. And I, I went, when I got in my hotel, my wife had the chair turned toward the window. It was, it was the most awesome thing. I was like, wow. So I, I, I was able to sit at that window with my feet on the other, other little um, couch little thing and just look out the window to the ocean, right to the Indian Ocean. That would be beautiful. And my wife made me comfortable and I just <laughs> sit there and just chilled and just like, was reminiscing in the whole day, had you know. A, had to be a, it had to be a beautiful feeling. Yeah, man, it was, it was, it was, it was a spectacular. Not something you could do every day. Man, it was so nice. It was so nice, that feeling, because that was the night. It, I believe that, that night it rained. It rained that later on that night, but during the run it was raining on and off. Mm -hmm. Cause like a, at the beginning of the yeah, well, it was 60. It was cool, okay. but I'm used to that. Right. I like running in the suck. So I let, it was raining down, and it it was a part of the race where it started raining, and I was like, oh yeah, liquid sunshine, because I was burning up, man. It was 60 degrees. It's hot for somebody who been running in the winter. Yeah. So I'm like, oh man, liquid sunshine. People looking at me like, what the heck. <laughs> I get to mile 18 also in the race, and it was just, this one party was this African guy, he was mad. It was a water station mission. We got to the water station and they didn't have any water. It was, 
it was the you could see the paper all the um, plastic little bags everywhere but they had ran out of water so this African guy he was like they ran out of water they don't bleed they knew we need that water you know and I was like man I said dude I said we gonna have to finish this race if it's no water the last part of these next 10 15 miles we got okay we gotta finish this he said where you from man I said, I'm from Detroit, the Motor City, man. I'm from Motown. He said, for real, man? You know, he had his little accent. I said, yeah. I said, well, I'm from, man. We got to get it done, whether we got water or not. We got to finish this race. He was like, you right, man. So he, I started running with me, trying to keep up. He said, man, man, I'm going to be your friend on Facebook, man. <laughs> That's what tripped me out, man. Facebook is international, dude. Yeah, this yeah. guy said he want to be my friend on Facebook. You had to show him how to treat. We don't give up. Yeah. We hustle. We hustle. We, we don't take uh, no. Uh-uh. Yeah. If you got a challenge, if, right. if if something if something happens where you on a race and it ain't no water, suck it up. You gonna have you already in the race. The people next to you and the people behind you, they ain't got no water either. So you right. might as well finish it. <laughs> Only there the strong will survive. There you go. So I I told him it was funny though because I was I had caught up with him, so he. I was already going kind of faster than him, so he wasn't going to be able to see me at the finish line anyway because I was going to be too far ahead of him. I wasn't trying to slow down waiting on him. So we get around. We're going downhill, so I'm flying downhill, mm -hmm. man. I'm passing people like pop, 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 pop because I was waiting to go. My Downhill is like it's my gift going downhill. So I'm going downhill. I'm passing people. This guy trying to, he's keeping up with me a little bit. And we turn this bend going downhill. And over to the left, it's a, it's a makeshift water station. Like some trucks just came up, dumped some water in them bags. And, and, and it was like a, a, oh, an oasis. It was like, man, in the middle of the desert, here goes some water. You wonder, is it real? Is it real? Is it real? <laughs> When I get there, so we, is it going to be a cactus tree? So we get us a water, drink it. He's like, yes, it's water, man. He was happy. I said, see, the Lord had a ram in the bush for you. So we got the water. But after that, man, when I was back at my um, my hotel, it was just, it was just awesome, man. It, I was just relaxing, chilling. Then later on, me and the wife went out had something to eat, walked around. I was able to walk around normal, man. I, that was, I, I had did that electrolyte thing perfect, man. Hey, you put in the work. But in the middle of the you night, the work for I it. caught one of them cramps, though. Ah, that cramp. Start reaching for some pickle juice. Woo-hoo, you but know. I've seen, you know, I've seen your grind all the last year preparing for this. You know, so mentally, physically, you was prepared. And you got it done. Congratulations. Thanks. I appreciate it, man. Appreciate Congratulations. it. Congratulations. It was it was a um, it was a feat, man. It was it was it was definitely something that I was happy I was part of. And uh, thanks, you know, for showing our run community that you don't always have to stay in the box. You know, things outside of the box. You know, we sometimes we be in our comfort zone and then don't want to try 
things different, some different things, you know, like you said, you, you didn't meddle. Uh, sometimes we feel like, well, if I don't get, hit this pace or I don't, you know, if I don't do this PR, if I don't get this, it's, it's a disappointment, disappointment. Whereas sometimes you just got to enjoy the journey. Man, the journey. Sometimes, it's all about the yeah. journey, man. Sometimes you just got to go for a run and be like, this, you know, this, I have no goals for this run. I just want to enjoy the run. I want to enjoy the trip. Dude. And that's what you do. You know what? Doug Curtis told me that a long time ago. He said, enjoy the journey. Mm-hmm. He said, enjoy the journey. And that's what that's what I've been doing on all my races, yeah. man. Because you, you can get caught up in the point where like if people get caught up in PRs and stuff, and then when they don't get PRs, they they have a bad day. Mm-hmm. It ain't about that, man. You should be happy you got two legs to run on. Yeah. Some people can't yeah. even run, man. They don't even have two legs to That's run right. on. So you just thank God for your two legs that you allowed to be able to be in a race, right. you know? It's like one of our brothers right now, you know, McKinley is out, you know? Right. Yep. You know, people having different different situations or, or um, injuries mm-hmm. you know when you have a running injury it takes you out the game for a minute but you just got to be patient you be back in the game if get, you listen to them McKinley get get better soon brother get back on that payment as soon as you can but take your time he'll up we yep. praying for you yep take your time just like um, Doug Williams when he was hurt hurt his shoulder right. you know I saw Doug Williams today. We saw some ice on the ground, and we Uh-oh. was playing around like, oh, stay away Uh-oh. from the ice. We don't want to hurt that. <laughs> yeah, take your time. That's, Doug is back on the pavement, but yeah. Yeah, he back on the pavement. Doug, Doug is a beast. He loves to run. Yeah, he got it in. Today. So what's, on, what's next on the horizon for you? Well, the next, this, ooh, the next um, race I have will be next weekend. I'll be doing Ragnar, Kentucky. Unexpectedly. Unexpectedly. Somebody just asked me to join a Ragnar group. And I said, sure. I'll participate. So that's what I'll be. I'll be in Kentucky next week getting it in. I'm looking forward to it. I've always wanted to do a Ragnar. We always talk about Ragnar. Mm -hmm. So I'll have a little experience. So when we go do our Ragnar, I'll be able to expound on it. So it's going to be in Kentucky. It's probably going to be in the hills of Kentucky. So at least I'm used to. It's going to be a trail one, too. It's not a, a um, pavement one. You, you probably see animals on, on that one. Ah, I, might, I might see a deer. You might when see I'm, animals on that yeah, one. Yeah, I might see a deer. You see in Africa. Maybe you'll see monkeys. Ooh, if I, if I see <laughs> in a... Kentucky. Some baboons in If Kentucky. I see a baboon in Kentucky, it's going to be an issue. I'm going to be running fast. Yes, yes. You're going to see me on a new pace. <laughs> so, yeah. so I think that's... That's all we have for it. this episode. It was nice sitting down with you again. No oh, man. We already, already sit down with you once or twice a year. So, uh, you know, as we always say, God, God loves you, and, and we, we do, do too. too. See you next week, guys.